Hey, welcome to Church Alive. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Amazing was worship today. It's like, I just want to pull my hair out and be like, this is ridiculously good. So good. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Meaning, when Jesus died on the cross, by the way, Anthony's in California at a men's conference. That's why you have me today. Okay, <laughs> just in case you're like, where's Pastor Ant? He's not here. He's being blessed at a, a Pastor Jurgen's church in C3, and it's amazing. So, but it is for freedom. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. When he came and when he died on the cross, it was for salvation. The greatest gift of all is eternal life that we get the right to have. But what I love about Jesus, he didn't just say, okay, eternal life, here you go. He also gave us freedom for the journey on this side of eternity. You see, he didn't just give us the gift for that side of eternity. He gave us freedom for this side of eternity. However it says, stand firm. How do you stand firm? How do you stay confidently on something when you know the truth? But the question is, do you know the truth? I don't care if you've been sitting in a church seat for 20 years. A lot of people have not necessarily truth in their head and in their heart. So they're walking out this Christian journey actually in bondage because they keep singing, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, but I'm still living the same way, the same way, the same way. But it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be burdened again into a yoke of slavery. Today we're launching our new series, Freedom. We have a lot of fun here at Church Alive, but I might say that this series might not be a real fun one. It might be actually a bit uncomfortable. It may be a little bit of those unpopular, maybe politically incorrect, praise Jesus, can't stand politically correctness, annoying. But it might be uncomfortable. And so I want to say, take a seat, get your seatbelt on. I hope you'll stay and let the Holy Spirit do what he does best. Surgery in your heart, surgery in your soul, so that we can stop pretending we're free and actually start living like we're free. Because you know it's so funny and it's so aggravating. You know it's the best. We love freedom, right? We love it. Oh, freedom, freedom. We love freedom. The series, as soon as we announce the series, everyone's like, yes, freedom. We sing about it almost every single week. Peeling title, right? But no one actually wants to pause long enough to say, Lord, Look what's going on inside of me. Lord, prune me. Lord, help me. Lord, change me. And so we talk about freedom. But are we free? What is freedom? I remember when I was younger, just a couple of days ago, you know, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm younger, right? I remember years ago when I was in high school thinking, I can't wait till I get a car. Because when I get a car, then I'll be free. Then I can go wherever I want to go, whenever I want to go, and I don't have to wait for anyone to drive me. I remember also thinking in high school, I can't wait till I graduate high school, because then I'll be free. I don't have teachers giving me homework, telling me what to do. I don't have a bell telling me when I can leave, blah, blah, blah. I can't wait to go to college. 
Then I got to college and I was like, boy, I was like, I got more homework. The teachers are stricter. This is ridiculous. It's a two-hour class instead of a one-hour class. I can't wait to get out of college so that I can go work because then I'll have money. But then you got a boss. And then they tell you what time to come in. And if you don't come in, then you're fire your butt. And it's like, I can't wait. I can't wait until this. I can't wait till I get married. And then you have married people saying, I can't wait to get divorced because then I'll be free. Yeah. So, so what is freedom? Yeah. What is, is, is freedom actually doing whatever you want to do whenever you want to do? Because I'm a man. I'm a woman. No one's going to tell me what to do. Is that freedom? What is freedom? Anthony said something. Oh, oh my iPad's going to fall. That's not going to be freeing for my iPad. <laughs> uh, this is not working. Okay, I'm going to try my hardest here. I remember a few weeks ago, Anthony said something, and for some reason I can't shake it off. He said, we are free to do whatever we want, but we are not free to choose our consequences. Yeah. Baby, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. But you cannot choose your consequences. Yeah, good. What is true freedom? I was just called for jury duty. Initially, I was like, are you kidding me? Do they not know that Anthony's away this week? Do they not know I have three kids? Do they not know I run a church? Do they not know? And I came in like, they don't know. And I sat there, <laughs> and they're like, I don't care. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and they come up, and they start saying thank you for everyone who's there. And they start casting vision as to why, and how honoring, and how we get the opportunity to come in this country because of the judicial system that we have. And we get to give these people a fair trial, an unbiased trial, and any way they get you to go into these rooms, they keep casting vision as to why it's important that you're there that day. And then you go through these interviews, the judge, the uh, defense attorney and the prosecutor sits with, with, with each person before they choose you uh, for the panel, for the jury panel. And they, you know, I came up, they called my name, I came up, they asked me a million questions, and I'm there all excited, you know? Because at this point, I'm like, yeah, I want to do this, right? <laughs> I was like, yes, you know, like casting vision, this is great, you know? And then they started asking me all these questions because the, um, I can't talk too much about it because you're sworn that you can't do that stuff. Um, so, you know, it's really hard for me. So I'm sitting there. And um, this case in particular, 17 of the witnesses are all police officers. And so it's like, woo, poor guy, you know? And so they start asking me questions about what I think about police officers. And I'm going to be honest with you. You might have a different view than me, but when I'm in trouble, guess who I'm calling? 911. So I have a lot of honor and respect for police officers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are there bad cops? Yes. Are there good cops? Absolutely. The thing is, we only hear about the planes that crash. We don't hear about the planes that take off every day. Same thing like police officers. You only hear about the ones that crash. You don't hear about the good ones sometimes. And so when they started asking me, the defense attorney got really mad. Because I was like, I honor police. I respect them. When I see them out there, I actually say thank you for their service because they're putting their life on the line for me. And so, yeah, the guy did not like me. He just had that look on like, like, and then he vetoed me. That's why I didn't get to sit on the jury. He's like, no, she's too biased towards police. I'm like, you better darn right you think I am. Absolutely. And so anyway, that's a long story for another day. But it was funny as we sat there before I got interviewed by the judge and the uh, defense attorney and the prosecutor, I heard the indictment. I heard the charges that were being brought against the defendant who was sitting in the courtroom with us. 
And I thought to myself, not immediately thinking the guy was guilty because I didn't know the facts. I couldn't make that decision. I wasn't listening to the facts yet. There was no evidence. I didn't get to go through the case. But I thought to myself, isn't it funny that criminals, again, I'm not saying he was a criminal. I don't know what his, you know, the verdict winded up being. But isn't it funny that we often get ourselves in chains, we get ourselves bound, because we think we can do whatever the heck we want. So a lot of times these people wind up being in jail, get in prison, because they did whatever they wanted to do. So I guess freedom is not doing what you want to do when you want to do it. So then what is freedom? What is true freedom? And do you have it? Have you actually experienced it? Do you know how to stay in freedom? Because the Bible just told us, not just in that scripture, but many times, that you can actually get bound again and again. A lot of Christians, unfortunately, think the moment you get saved, you're free, and that's it. You're done. Then the scripture is all wrong. And you might say, oh, that's just an old covenant. No, my friend. New covenant. It talks time and time again that you need to watch your freedom. You need to protect the freedom that God paid such a high price for you to have. So what does freedom feel like? How do you not get burdened again by the yoke of slavery? I want you to think for a moment. If freedom is doing whatever you want when you want to do it, think about people who are reckless with their finances. They become a slave to their debt. Think about the people who are reckless in their relationships. They become a slave to the pain of that relationship, to the consequences of the relationship. Oh, it's going to be fine. I could cheat on my spouse. I can cheat on whatever. No one's going to find out. And then they find out. And then you have to live years of either A, trying to gain that trust back, or you just lost the best thing you had. When we have a rebellious mindset towards authority, whether it's police, whether it's our boss, whether it's our teachers, we suffer the consequences of that. We either get fired, we get kicked out of school, or whatever it is. So if it's not then about doing whatever the heck we want to do, then what is freedom? You see too many Christians and non-Christians alike. This is the part that aggravates me. If Christians are supposed to walk in freedom, why are we still dealing with the same stuff that non-Christians are dealing with? Why do we keep hitting the same wall? Why are we barely living in breakthrough? Why are we barely living in victory? Why are we not receiving? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. That aggravates me. When I sit with Christians who've been Christians for 10 years and they're still talking about the same thing. And I'm like, we're free, people. We're free. I want to tell you that today and throughout this series, it aggravates me that I'm actually starting this series because I like to teach the fun stuff like later on. Today I'm just going to lay a foundation because so often we want to get to Z, but we can't even do ABC yet. So we're going to lay a foundation on what the ABCs of freedom are today. And maybe Anthony can share with me in a couple of weeks so I can do it too because I really love this topic. I love the topic of freedom because nothing aggravates me more than seeing a Christian that was still bound. Nothing aggravates me more. But do you know that walking in freedom is not just for you? It is for your children. It is for your children's children. It's for your children's 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 children. 
And you might be like, oh, that's a little bit weird. Exodus 20 verse 6 says this, I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. Ouch. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who rejected me. But here's the good part. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. This verse shouldn't scare you. It should actually cause you to action. It should say, hey, as you look back at your generational line, perhaps your father and your great-grandfather and your great-great-great-grandfather, they all maybe dealt with adultery or dealt with addictions. You can decide today, you can look back at that generational line and say, today it stops with me. Today it stops with me. And as you turn around and you look forward to your future, my children will be blessed. My generation and the generations to come will be blessed for thousands of generations. I look at my parents. They got saved. They're the first generation Christians in my family line. And I think, thank you, Jesus, that they got saved because me, my family, my sister, her family, my brother, my children now walk in the blessings of God because of the freedom they chose to walk in. So we're going to talk about some facts. You tracking with me still, guys? Yeah. All right. Freedom begins with knowing the facts. You need to know the truth about freedom and what the word says because we could sing about it, we could talk about it, we can say it because it's such a really cool thing to say, I'm free, but the question is, are you really? Are you really? John 8, 31 through 32. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if, can we say if together? If. If you remain faithful to my teachings. If. If. And then this is the other part that everyone in the world seems to quote, but they forgot the first part. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We've heard this in secular songs. We've heard this at workplaces. We've heard this everywhere. But the interesting thing is, they forget the first part of the verse, where it says, you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. Then the truth will set you free. Because if you don't know the teachings, you don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, then you can't be free. Do you know the truth? As I started thinking about freedom, you can look up different definitions, but there's just not enough words to really explain what it means to be free. And I I was thinking about it this week, and I was like, God, like, how do I tell your sons and daughters what it actually feels like to be free? What What is true spiritual freedom? And I came up with this definition, and if you're taking notes, by the way, this is a teaching series, a lot of notes in this one. So if you're ready for it, take notes. Ready? True spiritual freedom is the uninhibited, unfettered state of our heart and soul, not bound or tied to anything that limits who we are called to be in Christ. I want you to hear that again. True spiritual freedom is the uninhibited. What is that? We're not tied. We're not in restraints. There's nothing holding us back. Unfettered state of our heart and soul not bound or tied to anything that limits who we are called to be in Christ. It's basically like when you're in worship and you're like, holy is the name. Holy is the name. Freedom reigns in this place. I offer devotion. It's when your soul, it's when your spirit, it's when your mind, it's when everything inside of you, in that moment, there is nothing
nothing holding you back. No spouse, no child, nothing. It's you and God and there's wholeness and there's peace and there's joy. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Oh my gosh, this is what true freedom feels like. Completely free. No strings attached. That's freedom. But don't we often feel like something's tagging at us, tugging at us, like that sin or, or that mindset or that rebellious spirit? There's just something that is limiting us from experiencing the true freedom of God. Too many people walking around these streets thinking they're free, but have no clue what it actually means to be fully free. And it's such a tragedy. Such a tragedy. We experience true freedom when our hearts are tethered to Christ. What does that mean? When our hearts are tied to Christ. Wait a second. That sounds like an oxymoron. What do you mean, Miriam? In essence, no one is free. You're contradicting yourself. Kind of slightly, sort of. You're either, you're either bound to the world or we're bound to Christ. Yeah. There's no in between. You're either a slave to the things of this world, the mindset, our flesh, because our flesh, man, it screams at us, right? You want that. Go get that. You can do whatever you want. Go get it. Our flesh is like screaming 24-7 at us. And it's like pulling at you. Or you're bound or you're tied to Christ. And it's only in being bound to Christ, a servant of Christ, only when we're fully surrendered to Christ do we experience what true freedom is. So actually, as Romans 6 says, Paul tells us, no one is actually free. We're either slaves to the world or we're slaves to God. And that sounds wildly unpopular. We don't want to be a slave to anything but only in serving Jesus and only in tying our hearts to him, only in serving him, only in saying, God, I crucified this flesh because I want to live in the fullness of what you have for me. True freedom is found in the Father's protection. And that Father's protection comes from his word. Can you tell the person next to you, true freedom is found in the word? clothes dryer at home? Clothes dryer, no? That thing? Wow, like not many people. Who has the clothes dryer at home? Okay, look at us. We're in the first world. Great. Um, I have a clothes dryer at home. I'm thankful for my clothes dryer. In Australia, not many people have it. Everyone has clothes lines, and so when it rains, you're kind of screwed, you know, and so it's like, ah. Um, but the cool thing about my clothes dryer is that the creators of the clothes dryer left some warning signs for me on the clothes dryer. When I open the door, it says, do not put this, this, or that, or you will cause a fire. <laughs> do I look at my clothes dryer and think, don't you dare limit me. I'm my own woman. I'll do whatever the heck I want to do. Don't tell me what to do. But that's what we do sometimes with God. Wow. The clothes dryer has a warning side so that you can be free to enjoy warm, dry clothes. Yes. However, if you come against the rules and the warnings of the clothes dryer, you run the risk of burning your house down. So we look at the word of God and we're like, that's old school. Oh my gosh, that's not for me. That's for 2,000 years ago. You're like, I'm going to do life my way. And then you wonder why your house gets set on fire. Why your marriage? 
marriage is a mess, why your finances is a mess, why your heart is a mess. Walking in true freedom consistently takes a commitment to follow Jesus. He is not against you. He's not there to limit you. He wants to set you free so you can thrive in life. But the warning signs are to protect you so you can be free. Not to limit you. Your flesh is a liar. He's telling you it's going to feel good. Do it. He's lying. Just like the apple. Destroyed all mankind. Thanks, Adam and Eve. Good old apple. I'll talk to you later. Freedom. Freedom is a journey, too. Walking in true freedom consistently takes a commitment to follow Jesus. Repentance and surrender. Turning away from sin. It is a journey. People want it in an instant. You can get it in an instant, but to keep it, it's a journey. It's a choice every day to not fall into your old path. Staying in freedom is a choice. Freedom is not just laying hands on someone and then boom, they're free forever. Although in some cases it is an instant. In the name of Jesus, I declare the blood of Jesus, boom, you're free. But if you go back to that lifestyle, to that mindset, to that behavior, that attitude, you're bound again. Luke 11, 24, 26, read it, it'll freak you out. The Bible's crazy sometimes. It's awesome. It's amazing. The stuff it says. Hey, freedom is a choice despite your circumstances. Do you know there are people right now who are in prison in different parts of the world because they choose to worship Jesus? And although they might be bound in chains physically, their spirit is completely unrestrained. Their spirit is free to worship God. I think about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They were in prison because they did the work of God. And then in the midnight hour, they started seeing worship songs. They started seeing freedom reigns in this place. And then an earthquake came. And then bam, they walked out of that place. When you're in the midnight hour, when things are rough, when it's dark, when things are going hard for you, be like Paul and Silas. You might be bound physically, but once you start worshiping Jesus, you can walk out of that prison cell. Let's get into the practical stuff real quick. Why are some Christians still not walking in freedom? Why are they lacking breakthrough in their mindsets? And why are there strongholds in their life? Why are they barely experiencing victory? Number one, they don't know God's word. That's okay for a little while. It's, it's, it's okay for a little while. But if you've been in the house of God for a few years and you still don't know the things that are causing you to be bound, that's your fault. You've got to intentionally grow. You've got to intentionally decide. I'm not just going to come on Sunday to get my fill. I'm not going to just come on Sunday to, woohoo, rah, rah, Jesus reigns. You know what I'm saying? You need to be in a transform group. You need to be on a dream team. You need to go to thrive so that you have shepherds all around you helping you, keeping you accountable, empowering you to move forward in your freedom. People are bound still because they don't know God's word. And that's a tragedy because people died so we could have it. People literally gave their lives so that we could have the written word of God so he could speak to us right now. Oh, we take for granted. We really do. Number two, they're ignoring God's word. Deliberately ignoring God's word so they know it, but then they ignore it, which I think is worse. I think it's worse. Thinking it's old school, thinking it doesn't apply, their way is better, it's harmless. That's one of the biggest lies. Oh my gosh, when I hear people say, oh, it's harmless, oh, I'll do whatever, it's harmless. Oh, you have no idea. 
You have no idea. I have been through enough deliverance sessions. If you don't know what that is, we'll talk about that another day. To know that the little things you think are harmless, the little games that you think you could play, you are opening doors and it's making you bound. Be careful. You know, we open doors of bondage and oppression when we think things are harmless like the places we go. It's all right, I'll go there. You know, I'm not going to do that stuff. I know of situations of people who are strong in their walk with God, who consistently put themselves in environments where eventually they become the environment. They become the people in that environment. I will never do that. I will never do that. And suddenly you're the very person walking in that. Beware of the places you go. Beware of the music you listen to. Oh, that's legalistic, Pastor Miriam. My friend, let me tell you. I have prayed for people, and as God has told, given me pictures and discernment over certain people, I literally one day, and I asked this person if I could share, I won't obviously share who it was, but I have nothing like I listen to. When I'm going on a date night with Anthony, I'm not listening to Hallelujah, Glory is the King. I'm listening to like, hey baby, you're hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, 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 have a, I have a filter, what I know is good and what I know is not good, what I allow and what I don't allow. But there was one person I was praying for, and my mom is very anti a lot of things, and so I don't want to be like that sometimes. You know, I kind of want to just be like, we're free, you know? And um, as I was praying for this young person, and this person was having a spiritual experience, which was very interesting, and um, as we were praying, the Holy Spirit literally said, and I'm like debating whether I should tell you what and who the person, like not the person I was praying for, but the name of the celebrity, but there was a celebrity's name that came to mind and I was like, I'm not gonna say that. That's like gonna sound super weird and like I'm super weirdly spiritual. But believe it or not, as we were praying, the Holy Spirit told the person and the person said, Pastor Miriam, I feel like we need to pray against this particular thing. And it was actually an artist, a singer. And as soon as we started praying against whatever's on this artist, because this person loved this singer, like was like almost idolizing her, okay? And as soon as we started praying and, and binding the work of the enemy, whatever was on her, this artist, to this person, I mean, let me tell you, it was war. And I was like, wow. It's real. <laughs> Be careful. Oh, I just like the beat. Yeah, but you don't realize that you're opening doors in your car, in your house. Music is creating an environment. You don't even realize that you never said certain things and suddenly you're swearing. You're like, where did that come from? I don't know. What are you listening to? What are you watching? R-rated movies. Oh my gosh. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm not trying to be a mom. Maybe I am. I don't know. But there's some R-rated movies. People, are, are, what are we watching? What are we listening to? Oh, Pastor Miriam, you're so old school. I'm just trying to protect you. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you and your children. I'm trying to help the environment of your home. The Bible tells us in Psalm 101, 3, watch what you watch. Be careful. Oh, it's harmless. Oh, you don't know. Jokes and games we play. Oh, yes, I'm going to go there. I remember a few years ago, uh, one of the leaders in our church called me, and it was like, I knew this person was out with friends, and I'm like, why is this person calling me? Like, they're supposed to be having, like, fun. He's like, Pastor Miriam, tell me if I'm crazy, but I'm feeling really annoyed about something. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I'm in a group of friends. They're all of a sudden playing these games, and the game just feels really inappropriate, and the stuff coming out of their mouth, it just shouldn't be for Christians, and I'm just bothered. Am I being too spiritually hyper, or is this awkward? Is this wrong? Am I just being like a Pharisee? I'm like, get the heck out of there. 
Because if you have church the next day and all you're hearing is stuff that's inappropriate, like you're not wrong. There has to be a difference. We're called to live in holiness, not the way everybody else lives. Be careful. Be careful. Statues and idols. If you have a Buddha in your home, throw it out. What are we doing? Throw it out. If you have that weird eye thing, I don't even know what it's called, throw it out. If you have things that are like weirdly spiritually connected, throw it out. What are we doing? And you're like, why? Well, read the Bible, it'll tell you it's dangerous. Pastor Miriam, you're nuts. Well, I just care about your freedom. Galatians chapter five, read it on your own, there's a lot. I have a minute left and I have so much to say. (laughs) Let me just say this. Grace is not an excuse to stay in your sin. It is the power to get you out. Grace is not an excuse. Well, this is how I am. God made me like this, so I'm good. No, my friend. Grace is not an excuse. The price that Jesus paid on the cross wasn't so that we can continue living this way. It's so that we can free so that we don't have to live this way. Grace isn't an excuse to stay in our sin. It is the power to get out of it. I really want to get to these next two points. Why are Christians still not walking in freedom? Unconfessed sin. Yeah, that's really good. Hmm. What, do you, what is that? That's like a Catholic thing. Well, they're doing something right with that. <laughs> Unconfessed sin. They do a lot of great things, by the way. <laughs> Unconfessed sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what we do? We go before God, because we have like a million things we want to talk to God about, right? What we want. And we're like, yeah, God, forgive my sins. Okay, um, I want this, I want that, I want this. And God's like, wait, wait, wait. More than I want to give you all of that, I want to set you free. But I can't set you free if you don't come before me and expose the very thing that is hindering you. When you go to an AA meeting, how do they start? Hello, my name is Bob and I'm an alcoholic. Hello, my name is Jonah. That's weird. I don't know where that came from. I normally don't say that name. Um, But I'm an alcoholic. Or the same way with NA. They expose what it is so that you can realize, oh, I have an issue with this. So we don't confess it so that God can shame us. We can confess it so that God will free us. Because if you're just throwing everything under a rug, how can you deal with the very things that are hindering you? God, I struggle with pride. Please, God, I want to walk like you and walk in humility. God, I struggle with lust. God, I pray that you will give me the true love that I'm called to live like. Father, I struggle with anger. Would you soften my heart? If you're just throwing everything in a lump sum prayer, God, forgive my sins. I'm good now. Uh, Now I want a car. I want a hot wife and all that kind of stuff. God cares more about, like, the work he needs to do in you than the stuff that you can have. Proverbs 28, 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You know, the devil wants you to keep your sin hidden because as you hide it, it gets bigger and then it becomes a stronghold. Then suddenly you have guilt and shame or pride. But expose it. Give it to God. Give it to a leader and just say, I struggle with this. Can you help me? And then you will see the power, the freedom, and the healing of God to help you. 
What are some areas you need to confess and some areas that you need to go before God and say, God, you know I'm not perfect. That's why you sent Jesus, but you sent him not so that I continue in my sin, but so that I can change it. So I struggle with this, God, or I struggle with that, God, or God, I, I, I really need to be consistent with you, God, because I'm getting angry at things that I think you should fix, but really you gave me the responsibility to fix it myself. Yeah. Maybe there's things in your family line, parents, great-grandparents, grandparents, that has been a pattern there, and maybe you need to today say, that's not going to be my family. But not in a prideful, like, I'm going to do it different. Because a lot of times you wind up doing it the same. You need to confess it. You need to ask forgiveness on their behalf and say, God, would you clothe me in your strength so that I don't repeat the same mistakes? God, I want that to change with me so that I can walk in freedom so that my children can walk in freedom. Sometimes you need to ask God to remind you of areas that you don't even know you opened years ago. Can I just say something? Because it bothers me. Can we, like, like, if you've played with a Ouija board, can you not do that? And then can you renounce it? We are playing with things that are destroying us. Oh, my gosh. Ouija boards, tarot cards. Yes, I'm going to go there. And I don't care if I offend you. I love you too much. Psychics. Lord Jesus, they need to be exposed. It is work of the enemy. And can I say, and I'm going to say this with so much grace, because I know what it feels like to lose somebody, like really closely. I know a lot of times when someone dies, you're desperate because you just want to hear their voice again. You want to know they're okay, right? I had a nephew who passed away, and his birthday would have been this week. He would have been 26. And there are times where I just wish I could say some stuff to him and let him say something back and... Obviously, not now. Some of you perhaps lost someone, and you're tempted to go speak to a medium. Do not do that. The Bible is very clear. You will open doors. You will open spiritual bondage. He or she is not the one talking to you. It is the liar. It is the devil. Do not open those doors. I know I'm probably talking about some weird stuff, and everyone's like, what is she smoking? I promise you, I don't smoke anything. (laughs) I just read the word, and the word of God is very clear. Stay away from them. Pray for them. Pray for these psychics and mediums, that they would know the truth, and the truth would set them free. I have so much to say. Lack of repentance goes hand in hand. Because the truth of the matter is, repentance isn't just being sorry for something. You can be sorry for something all the time, but repentance is actually being sorry, but then changing. Yeah. It's literally turning around. It's, it's literally a change of heart. It's a change of mind. It's a change of attitude. And you might say, but I want to change, but I can't. Then it has to start with truth. God, this is why this is wrong. Okay, I see that in your words. So help me change my mind. Help me change my heart so that when I want to do it, I don't because it just feels the conviction. There's just something there. It's just disgusting to me. I just, I don't want it. And maybe you don't want to give up that particular thing. Maybe you like having a crush on your coworker from work, but you're married. 
but you like the feeling. It feels good. The butterflies in your stomach that used to feel 20 years ago for your spouse, you now feel it. You're like, I don't want to give that up. It feels so good. Then ask God to help you forsake that feeling. God, I pray that I'm disgusted by that feeling. Not that you have to be disgusted with the person, but disgusted with the feeling with the flesh. God, help me forsake it. Lack of repentance. Oh, there's so much to say. Hey, can we be careful with the dangerous phrase that says that's just how I am? Yeah. Can we just so be careful? Well, if God knew that this was going to be hard, why did he make me that way? Whew. He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. Be careful. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You need refreshing. You need a touch from God. You need a revival in your heart. Repent. God, change me. Change my heart. God, I don't want to just say sorry. I want to change. God, I give you this pride. I give you this anger. I give you this lust. I give you my addictions. I surrender. I lay it at your feet. In Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32, it's the parable of the prodigal son. You've got two brothers. One brother is like, all right, I live at dad's house. He's got everything, but I'm done. I want to go do what I want to do, when I want to do it, without dad or any of his people telling me what I can and can't do. So he gets his inheritance, and he takes off. He goes into the world. Sure enough, time goes on. He's left with nothing. No friends. He's wasted on everything. He's done whatever he wanted, and then he found himself in the pig's parlor feeding pigs. Actually, they had better food than he was given. And he came to his senses and he's like, like, oh my gosh, am I like kidding? I had everything in my father's house. I had the protection of my father. I had the freedom to hang in the field and play soccer with the boys. I could do whatever I want. I could eat all the lobster and the filet mignon I wanted. And all the picayan and all the Brazilian people say amen. <laughs> And he came to his senses, and he's like, when I go home, I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to say, Dad, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I repent of my stupidity and my foolishness and thinking that leaving the Father's house is going to cost freedom. Instead, leaving the Father's house has bound me, spiritual bondage. And then you have the other brother in the Father's house. Never left the father's house. But the wrong mindset got him angry and resentful and bitter. Because when the father saw the brother coming, he's like, quick, get the ring. Get the fattest cow you can find. It's going to be a party. And the brother's like, um, yo, um, I've been here all along. And uh, where's my party? And he's like, don't you know? Don't you realize? You're safe. You're good. You get to have a party every day. You've got freedom every day. But your brother was lost, and now he's found. Don't you get lost with your mindset, with your behavior, with resentment? You could be in the house of God, but be lost. What is the heart of the Father for you? That you would come home and be fully free. That you would experience breakthrough. That you would experience the abundant life. That you would receive him as your Lord and Savior. We live in a society that Lord is just a word. But Lord means like Lord of all. Is he Lord of all or just Lord of some of you? 
Because when you give your life to Jesus, it's Lord of all, every area, the ugly stuff, the good stuff, the, the stuff I don't want to give up and the stuff I give up. He wants to be Lord of all. He wants to free you from sin, shame, guilt, and condemnation. He wants to free you from the past, from addiction, from depression, free you from fear. Although God invites us to be his, the human heart has the right to choose whatever it desires. Today you could choose God, not God. It's your choice. Jesus invites you to experience his grace and freedom, but he gives you the choice today to say yes. Can everyone bow your head for a moment? I know this was a really heavy message and maybe confusing for some, like, whoa, I didn't know that was wrong, and whoa, this is, like, strange to me. Come back every week, and you'll experience why more and more. Each week, you'll learn a little bit more about what freedom looks like and why things are not as though it seems when it comes to freedom. But all across this room, I wonder which son you are. Are you the prodigal son who has left the father's house or maybe has never been in the father's house and you don't understand the freedom that he has to offer you? And so you're kind of running life and doing life your own way, just like Frank Sinatra sings, I'll do it my way. But at the end of the day, doing it your way does not fill the God-shaped hole that's inside of us. Or maybe you're in here and you're the older brother who's never left the house of God, but you have wrong mindsets or you're still struggling with things that you're not confessing and repenting of and surrendering. So my first question will be for those who want to place their trust in Jesus for salvation, but also for freedom. Jesus died on the cross for your freedom, to give you eternal life, to forgive you, to empower you. And you are welcome to choose him today. So all across this room, every head bowed, this is a private moment. If that's you, can you slip up your hand just so I could pray for you? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Everyone is welcome. I see that hand. That's awesome. I see that hand behind there. God invites you today. I see that hand up there. You can say yes. I see that hand back there. And that hand and that hand there. And that hand over there. That's awesome. Just a few, few more moments. If that's you today, if you're saying, I see that hand right there. If you're saying, I want to place my faith in Jesus, you have five more seconds right now. Come on. All across this room. Why don't we all raise it together? Those who are saying yes to Jesus on the count of five, I want you, if you raise your hand, raise it together. One, two, three, four, five, all at once. If that's you right here, I see all those hands. Come on, can we celebrate every hand that's going up? Hey, can you guys look up at me for a moment? We have a gift for you. I'm so over my time. They're going to kill me later. Um, following Jesus. This book is for you. It's a gift. Hey, freedom is a choice to remain. You can leave and just, okay, I made a nice decision, or you can stay and get planted in the house of God and live out this freedom. If I was in your seat, I'd run to that next steps booth counter and grab one of these. And more importantly, keep coming every Sunday. Commit to this series. Commit to the house of God. For the other group, what are some areas you need to confess and repent? What are some areas you need to forsake? What are some statues you need to throw out? What are some games you need to throw out? What are some old mindsets that you think are not harmless that you need to get rid of? Yeah. And let's choose freedom today. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Hey, can we stand to our feet? Hey, were you blessed today? Yes. I know it was a, a, a heavy word. 
but it's an important word. So why don't we go shake someone's hand, high five them. Let's go have a good time after church. Go eat some burgers or some steak. And we'll see you back next week. Ladies, we'll see you Wednesday for Resilient Woman. God bless you. If you want to hear more empowering messages and learn more about Church Alive, make sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at churchalive.tv. We hope to see you this weekend. Have a great week.